Welcome back to the School Food Rocks podcast. This is your host, Joe Urban, and joining me again today is going to be Lauren Kushwa. So the K-12 food service industry is no different than any other segment of the food service industry. In order to keep and retain customers, we must serve incredible food and provide our guests with world-class customer service. Our guest today is a military veteran, former food and beverage manager for the Walt Disney Corporation, former senior manager for Orange County Public Schools, and owner of Ingenious Culinary Concepts. Ingenious Culinary Concepts is a comprehensive consulting company dedicated to enhancing the dining experiences of students on school campuses and in the general public in sports arenas and airports nationwide. Their key K-12 services include turnkey cafeteria redesigns, staff professional development and training, keynote speaking, and district-level leadership coaching. Since 2006, the ICC team has successfully increased student participation and engagement in school systems across the country and other U.S. territories. I am talking about the man, Kern Halls. Kern has an impressive background and leverages all of those experiences as he helps organizations achieve success. While his career and accomplishments are impressive by anyone's standards, it is truly the quality of his character that sets him apart from most people. I have known Kern for quite a while now, and I can honestly say he is not only an outstanding businessman, he is truly one of the finest human beings I know. So without further ado, let's go. All right, Kern, welcome to the School Food Rocks podcast, brother. Thank you for coming to beautiful Greenville, South Carolina to be with us today. Uh, me and Lauren have been very excited uh, to have you on this show, so thank you again. Very excited. My husband this morning even let me know that you were in town, <laughs> as if I didn't know. And uh, he said, one of your favorite people is here, and it's not a joke. You are one of my favorite people. You are probably the coolest, most genuine person I know. How much money I got to give you for that? <laughs> no, like, but like literally the coolest person or one Present of company <laughs> excluded. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, or included. No, but thank you all for having me. Um, I, I'm so glad I could make it and be here. That's why I wanted to come in person and just have some fun with you all. Uh, Lauren, I've known you for a while. Joe as well. So thank you all. Two solid people. Um, I just love being around you guys. Same. Mutual brother. Mutual brother. So let's get started. Why don't you tell our uh, listeners about Kern Halls and, and who you are, what you do, what your background is? Yeah, so a little bit about Kern Halls. So a lot of people don't know that uh, I am the, the the son of immigrant parents. So originally my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, they moved from Trinidad and Tobago to St. Croix and U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, I was born in the Virgin Islands, myself, my younger brother. And then we left St. Croix, moved to Orlando, Florida. So I've been there since 85, so I'm part Floridian now. Yes, sir. <laughs> I've been there for a while, enjoying the warm weather. Um, so we, I grew up there in Florida, grew up a free lunch kid um, in Orlando, Florida, then uh, went to the military. Then after the military, worked at Walt Disney World and school food service, and we'll get a little more into that. But that's a little background about myself, you know, just real diverse background and Kern himself loves food, so <laughs> like most of the people that's probably listening here. So I love different foods, different cultures, just growing up around different cultures. I just love dining and cooking a lot of different kind of foods. 
cool. And and another thing I know about you is you're you're very passionate about the people that work in this industry. And that's one of the things I love about you most. Um, not only your passion for it, but your your genuine sincerity and and how you care for people. You're you're one of the finest guys I know, and I'm I never BS on this show. I mean that. Uh, me and Lauren and, and Tammy talked about that before the show that you're. You know, especially Tammy, because she hadn't met you. Yeah, you're you're yeah. about to meet one of my favorite people, and, and yeah. I'm glad, glad, glad to have you on here. But let's talk a little bit about uh, Ingenious Culinary uh, Concepts and what you guys are currently doing in the market and how you're helping school districts. Because this podcast is all about how do we spread awareness of, of school food excellence and, and different ways to help people get there. Yeah, so just starting out, when I, I worked in the school district at Orange County Public School, 10th largest district in the nation. I was in charge of uh, 23 high schools, did the marketing, special projects. I was the secondary menu writer um, and just in charge of marketing, talked to did a lot of media relations type things. And then after um, just doing that for eight years, I decided I wanted to do something a little different. I, I started getting a lot of phone calls from directors saying they wanted to do some things that are different and innovative. So starting back, back then, um, our district was about $6 million in the hole. So we had, we weren't making any money at that time. We were basically the laughing stock of Florida <laughs> because we were just like not making any money at all and just weren't doing things right. So came from Disney, wanted to do something totally different and innovative. So we started just, just doing things, just thinking out of the box, you know, whether it's just starting a food truck, if it's just a food bus, is just having different menu items on, on, on the menu. And those were some of the things that we did in place. And just, we started just getting some traction, getting our feet under us. This is way before the social media days. So yeah. all the way people really knew about you, if you spoke at a conference or, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, this hearsay. So those were some of the things that we just started off doing and just, it was real successful and just, just helping those, uh, helping those, uh, students out in the school district. And that was one of my biggest thing I wanted to do is that I want to give students a chance to eat great meals because a lot of students, people don't know, might not have a chance to go out and eat to a restaurant, right? So we as adults, we go out, we dine out a lot for lunch, dinner, things, some, things of those sorts, but some students would never get to a restaurant. So I want to bring quality food to the school food service program. I, I remember, and I don't know if I'm getting this wrong or not, and I forget when you started the food truck, uh, but I remember reading about it the first time, and I think it was in School Nutrition uh, Magazine, and I think you guys were the first at least that was recorded mm -hmm. school district in the country to bring a food truck in right yes we yeah. were there yeah, was about 2000 i got there 2005 by 2007 we had it and it kind of kind of happened organically right because we had a lot of hurricanes in florida um we had a uh, like back to back one year we had three like devastating hurricanes so we tried to figure out emergency feeding you had four i was <laughs> I that's, four. Well, that's yeah, what chased yeah. me out of florida <laughs> yeah and um, so we wanted to do something different. So we we had a food truck and I was like, man, let's wrap it. Let's take it out to the schools. Let's do something different. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm just like, no, it's going to happen. And it was just, it was just something that happened. And I went out to the schools and the kids were like, you know, we'll save the ser serve the same thing on the food truck that was on the, on the menu inside the schools. The kids like, this tastes so much better. And it'll yeah. be the same thing. <laughs> so it just looked different, right? <laughs> so it was something that just helped our, uh, helped our participation, everything going. And that was the the start of everything just going upward for Orange County Public Schools. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, your time there, you and you oversaw the the high schools and and had the authority to make changes and menus and and set things. But in the in the time you were there, you made a dramatic difference in the quality of the food and the finances. So, yeah. I, I think that's an important thing um, for us to explain to other programs that you know you need to push the food as far as possible. And hopefully, if you do it in, in the right way, it's going to result in your program uh, 
uh, being better. So what were some of the other things you did while you're in Orange County to really change that culture? Yeah, so that and just I started looking at a community involvement. So when I was in charge of the high schools, it took me six months. I met with all the high school principals. It was supposed to be on a monthly basis. When I first got there, it took me literally six months for them to let me speak in the meeting. So I was back in the meeting, just sitting there literally for six months, and they finally let me start speaking. So I saw there was a communication issue. I said there is the school district and then there's school food service. So yeah. I wanted to kind of bridge that gap. So I started having a lot of, um, I started with one of my events. One of the events I, want, I put on, on. originally started by a former uh, member of a team member of ours. It was a little bit smaller, did a food show. It was like 15 students, our first one. And then we grew it to having 300 students. And we had 300 students come in. And then we would have about 50 manufacturers that would come over and they would present to the students. And the students made a decision on the food show of what items will go to the menu. So if you got a 70%, which is a C and above, then the students got, got a chance to put on the menu and the students ate it. And kind of like you all do here at Greenville, we just kind of pushed the, pushed the envelope a little bit. So we were doing just just things. Like back then, the wings weren't on the menu. Uh, you know, we had a rib sandwich, you know, a la carte. You know, the rules are a little bit slacker back then, but um, for a la carte. But we just had different items that students wanted to have. They would get at home or go out. You know, one of our craziest things that we did on the menu is that we had turkey leg Thursdays. Um, and we just put menu, put on the turkey legs on a Thursday and just had them all a cart stolen for three bucks and the kids just went crazy over it. Oh, absolutely. That's some medieval time stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned before that you said coming from Disney, I wanted to do something different. What was it you were doing with Disney? So I was a restaurant manager. I was, uh, my first restaurant was Pecosville Cafe. Um, the second one was, uh, Pinocchio's Village House. So, um, a lot of people don't know some of the highest grossing restaurants are out on Disney property. So I worked in the Magic Kingdom where it's just like, it was just busy. Mm -hmm. just, you know, when the summertime comes, you're dealing with 60,000 people in the park. Um, you basically have, you know, you know, trying to basically get everyone through the line and back in the park to have fun. And so on a daily basis, you know, our restaurant did probably $18 million a year. Oh my gosh. Um, at, at one restaurant, the other one did about 17. So it was just, just busy nonstop, you know, just going all year round and just making sure the guests were, were happy on a daily basis. And so that was my job. It wasn't really to serve food. It's just to make guests happy. Now that's another piece that I know about you coming from Disney. They yeah. have guests, they have cast members. Yes. And I remember with Orange County that that was how you spoke about the students. They were your guests. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, yes. So for me, it's not really, I look at it, uh, not so much customer service, but a customer experience. So I want to make sure that when they come into the side of uh, those cafeterias, they have an experience. And this would be, it could be a positive or negative. We try to make it all positive as much as we can, but I want them to remember me. If I go through the line and, you know, Joe happens to be there, I should know Joe's name. You mm -hmm. know, Joe should know Kern's name. I should know Lauren's name. All those people are in there. They're there for at least, what, three, four years. You know, you should know their names and make sure that they're understood. Mm -hmm. Um not just them, but also the teachers, the staff, everybody that comes to community. So I believe just not just having the school, then school food service. I just feel like you have the school and everyone's just part of the whole family. So those are some of the things that I always try to implement and, t and have teachings on about making sure they have good customer experience. Yeah. You, you call customer experience and customer service interchangeable, obviously. Right. Um, I, I think your time with Disney, because everybody knows anything about Disney, knows that they're probably the premier customer service organization in the world. And I loved, even before I got to know you, when I started learning about you a number of years ago, um, probably 10 years ago, um, I was like, boy, this guy really is passionate and understands customer service. And I, I'm glad to see that somebody's bringing that kind of knowledge to the schools. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was just one of the many things you learned from there in your time in the military in Orange County. 
um, that led up to you starting your company. So let's talk about yeah. uh, ICC and how that started, you know, where it evolved to and where you are today. Yeah, so ICC is my, uh, I started the company in 2006. And believe it or not, it started as a catering company. So a lot of people share on here on your podcast. So you get some information no one knows. So in 2006, I was still working in the school district. And then on the weekends, I would go, me and my wife would go to the barbershops and salons and sell food on the weekend as a catering. Then that catering company came from just selling to the barbershops and salons. Then it started a, a full-blown catering company. So we're catering on the weekends to different events, private events at houses. So we're doing this as our, you know, our side hustle and getting it all going. Then I met a young lady um, that was on the one of the routes of my barbershops, the salons. And she asked me, do you, can you um, do some private cooking, basically at the house, some private chef stuff? And I was like, yeah, never done it before in my life. So I just said, yeah. So I said, <laughs> I figured I'll build a plane while I'm flying. So um, I started doing that and that just led to one thing to another. And that just, you know, just kind of started the company just kicking off. But 2013, I started getting a lot of calls about all the great stuff we're doing inside of schools from manufacturers, different directors. And they were saying like, can you help us out? So I'm just like, I want to make an impact, not just in Orange County or Florida. I wanted to do something on a grander scale across the country. So I started Ingenious Culinary Concepts. I had to talk to my wife and it's like, hey, I want to quit my job. And she's like, oh, okay, let's go ahead. If you want to do it, what's the worst that can happen? So she was very supportive of doing it. And um, that's what launched the company. And a lot of what we do a lot of today is we just basically are a total comprehensive company that we can help and a district increase participation. Mostly what we do nowadays is that we do a lot of cafeteria remodels. Cause I love just redoing the environment. So if it's graphic designs, if it's new tables um, in the cafeteria, that's what we want to enhance the environment to so make the place look like a real nice dining area when the students come eat breakfast or lunch or supper. Excellent. I know you, you speak a lot at, at state and national conferences too. What are some of the... What, what are some of the common topics you're, you're discussing at those? Yeah, so we do a lot of um, keynote speaking at different events, of, um, whether it be for state associations or back to school training. So um, talk about service, um, you know, really about customer service. Um, we also talk about like motivational, that's keeping people motivated. So I know it's hard, especially the last three years during the pandemic, people were just kind of like, oh, I'm tired of going to work. So just motivational things to keep, keep them moving. Um, one of our topics is what's your why? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting up every single morning? Um, you know, just striving through adversity. We do we talk on that subject and, you know, a little bit of leadership, but mostly customer service and just really just motivation of just keep on getting people inspired to go to the next level. I, I like the let's talk about why thing because um, the why in this industry is is very important, in my opinion. We have the opportunity to make such a dramatic impact in the lives of students. So when you talk about the when you're presenting on on the why of what we do, what does that look like? Yeah. So for me, the why, um, just again, just being a, a free lunch kid, um, it's just why it's just like really making an impact on that student's lives that comes through the sermon line every single day because like when I talk about it in some of my speeches, you never know what they're going through. Yeah. So everyone's going through something. You see a lot of different, unfortunately, school shootings and different things that kids never make it back that from that weekend or kids are going hungry. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was uh, messing around with this kid. I was like, it was like a Tuesday. And I never forget that I was messing, messing around with this high school kid. I said, let me get your apple off your plate. And he pulls away from me. He's like, you can't have my apple. I'm like, I was like, come on, man, let me have it. He's like, no, he said, I haven't ate all weekend. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm not in the sticks of Georgia. Like, I'm literally in Atlanta, Georgia, right? So there's no way this kid should not be eating on the weekend. But these, we hear these stories, and I see them so much. And I just want to make sure that we, as a unit, school food service, do, do we do our jobs to make sure the students are 
uh, fed, you know, get meals, not only get meals, but treat them nice because they're going through a lot of personal stuff at home. So yeah. um, no matter how bad your day is, you know, I would, I think you need to make sure that you leave your, your problems in the parking lot and just put on a smile and do what you have to do. I, that was one of the first ways we connected was um, I just liked you. I was yeah. like, how do we get to work more <laughs> together? And like, how can what you do, I can incorporate um, into my county, which was Lee County, Florida at the time. Yeah. And I think we got into a conversation about the students, what they go through and how the school nutrition <clears throat> employees can truly make a difference in the students' lives. Um, and they're also the, you know, mostly the only employees that see every student in the school. Teachers get their classroom or whatever the case may be, but everybody comes through the lunchroom. And we were talking about the why and what students go through and how we can provide meals for them that they're not getting at home and how that experience should be a positive one for them. So it was one of my, um, I think it was probably my first summer as director. I might have even been interim director and I had to call Sonny Stalmackey for permission to bring you in. (laughs) And um, I wanted you to inspire our staff to understand that what they do can have the most impactful as far as health and just personal interaction with some of our students. So we had you come in to speak to them about customer service skills and the, again, the reiteration of why you want to, you know, be as positive with these students as you can. And then we had lovely Patrice join you as well. And I was (laughs) like, I got a duo. This is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, It was amazing. And I know for our staff there, we had people come in for different in-services and things. And, you know, sometimes they might walk out of there and people were like, well, that was funny. I didn't learn anything. (laughs) With you and Patrice, they were like, wow, I'm going to have more conversations with Mike because it was only our managers and assistant managers. And so many people came up and they were like, after this, I'm going to have words with my staff about the importance. We're going to change some things. There's no more. Get through the line as quickly as you can. There's no more yelling at the kids. There's no more, you know, um, oh, you don't want that honey. Cause there was a lot of that talk at the time. Like, oh, you don't want those red, orange vegetables, which yes, <laughs> yes, drove me yes. crazy. But <laughs> no, you guys do an amazing, amazing job. Yeah. Thank you. My wife, she has that master's in leadership and um, she specializes in adult learning. So she helps a lot with um, putting together the curriculum, mm-hmm. make sure it's all together and just making sure that everyone's engaged. So like when you as you saw coming down there, and thank you again for having us down there. Um, but when you go in there and training, like, they're really engaged because everyone has a different learning style. So when they leave out of there, they're like, oh, like, man, we had a great time. Yeah. But we learn and we make sure they have takeaways to go do what they have to do when they go back to the schools. Absolutely. So I, I got a question. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, and, and we mentioned Patrice, and Patrice is, is uh, Kern's wife. Yes. Um, also rock one of the coolest people solid, I know. Solid, <laughs> rock solid, ride or die woman. Yes. And, you know, anybody with a partner like that can can do nothing but succeed. So shout out yes, to Patrice. Yes. She's, she's uh, an amazing geez. human yes. being as well. Uh, but you, you mentioned that both you and Patrice grew up on the free lunch program. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about your experiences, whether they're positive or negative, what those meals meant for you? And then I'm really curious, did that experience – have anything to do with you getting into this industry eventually? Yeah, you know what? So it's so ironic, right? So I think at that time, you're just happy to eat, right? So like, I'm just yes. like, hey, I'm not going to be too picky. And, you know, growing up at that time, you know, 
back in the days I graduated high school in the 90s, so early 90s. So it's just like, you know, back then it's like whatever's in your play, you ate. So it wasn't a big fuss. But now students have a lot of choices. Um, they have a lot of things they have to do. Um, and one of the things that when I got into school food service, at first I didn't even know what school food service was. Me neither. I, I was in working at Walt Disney World. I was working a lot of hours. My wife says, you know, to me one day, she's like, you know you have a five-year-old son. I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you're never <laughs> home. I'm like... Oh, man. I was like, okay, that's thing. So I need to tighten up and do what I have to do. So she told me about a job in school food service, a training manager in Orange County Public Schools. And um, I actually went down there, met with the director at the time, and um, told me about school food service. And then she told me, she's like, you know, you have, you don't work any nights and weekends. I'm like, oh, really? Same more. I was just Same like, more. yeah. <laughs> and so I was sold. So like since I graduated high school, 18 years old, I've never had a Christmas or Thanksgiving off going to the military, working at Disney. And so this is a whole new world for me. So I learned a lot about school food service and I absolutely just fell in love. Um, you know, my first, literally my first week on the job, I told him, like, I don't want to do any paperwork or anything. I said, I just want to go to school and just um, just go there. And I happened to work for the same school system I graduated from and my students, my boys, went to the same school system. So it was just, you know, just a trifecta for us to go there um, and just enhance the meals as well. By that time, I started seeing different meals from being in the military, working at Walt Disney World. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's see how we can keep this up a notch and do the same old, same old. You know, everyone always says, like, we never done like this before, you know? So yeah. I was like, well, we're going to do it different. Let's see what we can do. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, that played a, a factor again of me just wanting to change and do something different yeah i think we're, we're so fortunate in that we have a, a very unique opportunity if we do our jobs properly mm-hmm. to make positive changes in students lives especially their eating habits mm. that hopefully potentially could could they can carry on for the rest of their lives mm. um and i know all of us at time, well, not, not Lauren, because she's super healthy, but, you know, all of us sometimes need to be reminded that we need to make better choices in our lives as far as what we put in our bodies. And yeah. um, I think, you know, our positions, like I said, give us a unique opportunity to really, you know, put our money where our mouth is and give our, ki- give our kids the best quality nutrition possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you had an experience in 2010 that really changed your life, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was working like literally nonstop. So when I was passionate, I was telling you, like, I was passionate. I would, my wife would get upset at me because like even on the weekends, I was like, let's go by the mall. Let's see what the kids are eating in a food court, you know, mm-hmm. and always want to do some things. I literally just ran myself into the ground. Yeah. Um, Just like, I just started, wasn't feeling well. So I literally said I wasn't feeling well. My blood pressure was through the roof. Um, And literally I had to check into the hospital for like two days, you know, because my doctor said like, man, you should be dead right now. So I'm just like, what? I'm like, I'm like, nah, I feel you're fine. He's like, no, you're not fine. And I so I had to recalibrate. So I had to change my lifestyle, start eating a lot healthier. Cause you know, in food service, you're just like grabbing, yeah. eating what you can, you're on the go. Um, and I worked at Walt Disney World. We had chefs sitting over prime rib and just this all the stuff that, you know, a whole bunch of burgers and stuff like that. So I had to make some changes to my diet. And um, you know, thankfully, you know, I did that, got just really got back in, you know, try to get back in shape, you know, and I was it was, you know, a big gap because I when I was in the military. I worked out twice a day. Like, you know, literally I was lean. I was like 4% body fat when I was in the military. And now I was like, man, I was like, I'm way past that when I was <laughs> working in school food service. So, uh, um, so I just had to tighten back up and just get everything going and um, just really just try to create that balance and just being, having a little bit healthier lifestyle. So I want to walk the walk and talk, yeah. you know. Talk, that talk. was right around the same time um, that the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act was coming yeah. into fruition. And I know a lot of a lot of my friends around the country were fortunate to be part of that movement, and I know yeah. you were too. And I, I know 
I know a lot of the story, but not all the story. So how involved were you with uh, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama's campaign and initiative? And what did that look like? And can I just say real quick, poor Kern. <laughs> Every time we're together or like I knew you were going to meet up with Joe in Mexico, it's like yeah. you've got to ask him <laughs> about his dinner with Michelle Obama. And yes. I just want to take one step back from that. How did you know Sam Cass? That part of the story is unclear to me. Yeah. So I'm a marketer by, by, you know, that's my degree in, right? Business management and marketing. So um, one of the things that when I started doing those food shows and different events, I wanted to get people involved. So the superintendents, um, we got the a um, lot of local press from Orlando involved. And then we reached out to uh, Janie Thornton was the USDA undersecretary that time. And then um, she knew Sam. I said, well, invite Sam to the, our first event that we had. We put on a Let's Move, uh, Chef's Move, Let's Move the School event. And so I met him then. Okay, then cool. that kind of transpired from there. Then getting into what Joe just asked about um, the health initiative, we we're doing a lot of groundbreaking things. So a lot of people don't know that in Orange County Public School, we tested the new meal patterns before it actually came out. And so we were part of that test. We tested out, see what was going on. And then Sam uh, got wind of, you know, some of the styles, the lifestyle changes that we we're making. So the second um, anniversary of the Let's Move Captain when um, First Lady Michelle Obama came through, they were asking for families that made changes. So they put our name in the hat and we got picked for um, to cook for the first lady. And the crazy thing about that is that it was so crazy because Sam, when Sam called me on my phone, he said that, Hey, I'm cooking to cook dinner. I'm coming to cook dinner for you. So for that whole week, I thought Sam was coming. And then the last minute he said, like, um, uh, the white house called and basically the advanced team. And they said, well, no, I got they basically said, I have good news, and bad news. I said, what's that? She said, um, the lady said it was on the phone and said that, um, well, Sam's not going to cook dinner for you. And I was like, Oh, that's fine. I've met Sam like four or five times. He said, but you have to cook late for the first lady. I'm like, first lady who? What are you, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> and so like first lady, so I called Sam. I was like, man, you tricked me. He said, he's like, no, go shopping. Um, you got to cook dinner. And literally um, she came to the house. We, I cooked dinner for her. I tell you okay. this quick story. Come on, man. I was going to say there are way more details about like secret service I don't want to run out of time, but it's so much. So yeah, it's so, so cool, I tell you. So, It is so cool. So here we go. So. One day, my I could not tell anybody when she told me this. When um, no, me and my wife knew about it. Patrice knew about it. We didn't even tell our boys. So what happened is that uh, my direction that time, the first lady was coming to Orlando. She had like three speaking events, so she happened to get tickets. So the day of that, when she was coming to speak, she and she didn't know that the first lady was coming to my house. So. Before the first lady came, they said, hey, Sam said, hey, some of our friends are going to come by the house. Uh, so they said they're coming by the house. So I came home as I was walking my dog and I noticed two cars. I live in a small neighborhood, two cars with Tennessee plates on them. I'm like, they don't live in our neighborhood. Like, what is this going? The cars are running and everybody's at work around this time. And then I came inside, put my dog in the crate and the doorbell rings, ding dong. And they come inside. It's like, hey, we're friends with Sam. You know, they asked me, like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, nothing much. He's like, yeah, he's coming to cook for you. We just have some questions. And they start rattling off questions. I'm like, hold on a second. You're asking me questions that no one would know about me, right? And not at all. Even stuff from like back in the military. So no one, even part of my wife doesn't even know about me. Sam's got and some then, serious yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and I'm just like, okay, Sam. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then they, she's like, hold on a second. My supervisor wants to speak to you. So like five minutes later, the supervisor comes to my house and pulls out a piece of paper and it has the diagram to my house. I'm like, Whoa. holy crap. I'm like, what's going on here? And so after that, they tell me what's going on. You know, later on that night, they tell me what's going on. I have to cook for the first lady. And then everything starts rolling. So 
Um, when the first lady was coming, she said she didn't want to make a big fuss about it, but she can't do that because the first that's the first lady. Yeah, so yeah, secret we're fuss, service we're fussing, comes. Man. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, I got home that day. I'm cooking out front. I'm grilling um, chicken breast. So I had the meal I made was jerk chicken breast, um, grilled squash and um, zucchini. Then we had uh, some brown rice and peas, and then we had this little red, white, and blue parfaits that we had. So I'm cooking in front of the house. They got Secret Services out front, and they have the little earpieces, so they're talking to me, whatever. And we're talking, literally talking about football, and my neighbors are driving by real slow because at that time, Secret Services there, police are there, all these different things are there. And we're talking about football, and people are driving by like I killed my wife or something, right? <laughs> While you're so, just outside grilling. Uh, outside grilling, <laughs> just like just hanging out. And um, so fast forward later on that evening, we all, we know that she's coming at a certain time. We hear the motorcade about to pull up. And then my oldest son says, Daddy, I know who's coming to the house because we still haven't told the boys yet. Wow. And I said, I was like, who? He said, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oprah Winfrey would have had a, a greater uh, entourage. No, yeah. So it was just, um, she came in, literally gave us a big hug, sat down. We had dinner and just talked about family and like kids and things like that. Um, the press is so, is so crazy because... Um, three days before this secret service taps your phone to make sure there's no threats or anything um, that goes on at the house. So before, during, and after, and they, they black your name out in DMV. So no one can have no threats against us personally and things wow. like that. Um, and it was great. Press came in literally for two minutes, walked back out. Um, and we sat there, had dinner. And then later on that night, after we're wrapping up dinner, she's like, you know what? Y'all need to come to my house. I'm like, you talking about like the big White House? He's like, yeah, come to the White House. So we got invited to the Easter egg roll. Um, we went up there and that was just an amazing event. Got a chance to meet the president. Met her mom, the daughters, the dog. Everybody was up there for Easter egg roll for a couple of days. Got a private tour of the White House. And it was just something that was so great. You know, I had to, I had to really... Uh, realized when I was sitting there talking to her, I started scooting down, slouching down the chair. I'm like, hold on a second. This is the first lady. I got to sit up straight. And, but she just so down to earth and, um, you know, and just, just relax. And then, um, it was just an event that I'll never forget. So absolutely. I imagine if you were passionate about school food service before that, that you were jacked after that. Yeah. I I was on fire then. (laughs) I was on fire, like just like ready to get it all going. Um, you know, everyone disagrees with the policies and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just tell people like, look, for me, it's just like, look, it's just for I have a chance to feed a, a first lady in my house and meet the president, going to the White House. Um, you know, it's just something that I would always cherish and always love. Um, and then after that, she put us in a couple of her books, you know, for what no we've done. Way. Yeah. So a lot of people know that we were in a couple of her books and um, it was good. It was just a memorable event. And um, I forever remember that. And I've met her probably five times after that. And she still remembers us. What, what, what a so, great experience. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And I want to throw this out there because you mentioned that everybody agrees with the policies or whatever. And we don't like to get political about school food. Right. We believe that when you take one side over the other or you lean too heavily on one side over the other, the, the only the only thing that happens is you find excuses not to do good work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we advocate for certain things. And when policy comes down from from one administration, it is what it is, and it's our job to serve the best food. And when inevitably, when mm-hmm. the next administration comes in and it changes again, right. we do the same thing. Yeah, we find a way to serve the best food. And I think if more people in our industry would just focus on that, and I'm not saying nobody should should be uh, active and yeah. and advocate for certain policies, but when they happen, it is what it is. Yeah. Find a way to do the best you can, and if you don't like it, 
you know, vote different next time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, next it's going to change. And if, if we're here long enough, it's going to change multiple times. Yeah. That's just the way our country is. It's unfortunate. Our jobs do the best we can with what's in front of us, period. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my favorite things about your story, Kern, and First Lady Michelle Obama coming to eat dinner at your house with your yeah. family, like, yeah. that's a sentence. Yes. Um, We've talked frequently on here about LAC and policy changes and things like that. And I think one of the things about specifically LAC Legislative Action Conference for school nutrition professionals is that people are intimidated Mm -hmm. to go there, that they're going to be speaking with these politicians. And then immediately, and and I'm not saying I'm not at fault you know, for this myself, but the word politician has a negative, um, you know, connotation to it, right? Right, right? And so when they go to... White House and Capitol Hill and do the whole thing, people automatically think like, I've ha- I've heard people say, why do it? They're not going to listen to you. Why are we even doing this? Nobody cares, you know? And I think your story to me is very much a reminder, politicians are people too. And that there are changes that some want to make. Not saying others aren't doing it just for whatever their own agenda or personal gain is. But people are in those positions for hopefully service to their country. And I love that story because it just shows to me that there was a true interest in doing something better. Like she really wanted to get to know you and your family and school Mm -hmm. nutrition and making sure that we're doing better for our children, which is really like what we said, the why of why we're all doing what we do in this business. It's Super cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think like like you all do a good job here in Greenville. Um, it's just something that it's like, okay, for me, I've always said, okay, what's the rules? You know, what's the rules? I'm operate within the rules, yeah, but I'm gonna also go. push it. Let's let's yeah. see what we can do. So hey, if that turkey leg can fit into nutrition standards, hey, we're gonna make it work, you know. Yeah. And just what you have to do. And I think we spend too much time worrying about what that policy, what's this going to be, instead yeah. of just getting down to business and figure out what you have. Just color within the box and just make sure you're, you're good to go and and push the envelope. And I think a lot of people aren't scared. Like you all do it here. You push the envelope and let's see what you can do and get more kids eating. But you were my inspiration for that in Florida because I, no offense to all dietitians out there, but <laughs> I'm a type A dietitian. And in my head, these are the rules. This is what we do. And I was like, mm-hmm. And I am focused on that. And when you came, like I said, I was just director and you had said those exact words to me. Yeah. You were like, uh, you can do the rules and think outside the box at the same time. And yeah, I was like, you, yeah. You, you got to do your research and your homework and you got to understand there's a lot of ways to get to the end game. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a it's not a linear path. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if you want to if you want to just look at the, the regulations and build a menu, well, I, there's a lot of manufacturers that say, hey, serve this prepackaged stuff and you're exactly. going to get there. Yeah. But, you know, partnering with other districts who maybe have more resources, re- resources uh, partnering with people like yourself or other good consultants out there mm-hmm. to define ways to navigate those rules is not a hard thing to do. And, mm-hmm. and I think the more people do that, the more they're going to be able to really get creative with their program. Because, yeah, there's a set of rules, but there's, there's lots of ways to get there. Yeah, and you know what? Some of the things I always hear back when I was writing the menus, and I hear it to this day, it's like, oh, it's food cost this, food cost that. But people don't understand, like, if you put, like, say so you guys have the ribs on the menu yeah. or the wings, whatever, you might have a fire, higher Kern cost than uh, understands a higher watch. cost menu items on that. You'll sell more. Therefore, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll make up for the cost on it. But another day, you might have a low cost item. If it's be a pasta or rice, mm-hmm. it'll make up for it. So just don't look at one day or one menu item saying that's going over the food cost. Like, 
push the envelope and get it all going and you get more students eating, eating inside the cafeteria. So. Preach. I would like to see you do a national presentation mm-hmm. on this one day and I'll be glad <laughs> to get on stage with you because yeah. that's one of the things we get asked. We get asked a lot of things because we do, yeah. we're such a, we have such a great team here and we have a lot of years of success behind us. So we do a lot of great things well that we've just gotten better at over the years. But one of the things I think we do exceptionally well is we menu a lot of interesting and high quality and expensive items in our program, mm-hmm. you know, and understanding menu engineering is the only way we can get there, you know, yeah. menuing something alongside uh, a lot of other high quality products that are less expensive is how you get there. We never look at the cost of, of one entree. I mean, if that entree was 80 bucks, I mean, yeah. it's a different story, but <laughs> yeah. that's not a consideration for us. We don't even look at that day or that week. It's the, it's the whole cycle or the month. That's exactly. what matters. Exactly. And I've, and I've tried to tell folks, like, hey, we're stuck to this 40% food cost. I'm like, okay, well, average it out over the week, over the month, or your whole cycle, and to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And that way you can push the envelope a little bit and get some stuff going. Okay, what are your a la carte sales? sales? Yes. Can that make up for some of the costs in there? But you have to push the envelope. And one thing, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but one thing I just I always say that people uh, don't do enough directors, right? And I'm going to call you out a little bit. You don't visit other good directors, right? 100%. So you, you should be like, people should be, you should be turning away people from your district, right? Uh, or any other district out there that's doing some great things. Go visit because you're not, if you stay in your little, you know, your little box, you're never going to learn anything yeah. new. So go talk to other directors and even partner with them. Look at, talk to your manufacturers. I used to talk to directly to chicken manufacturers to say, hey, we want to order wings. This is how much we'll use. Can you give us, you know, what about the, some price breaks? And they'll negotiate. They'll yep. work with you. And people are, don't think that you can negotiate some of these costs and get them out going. Yes, yes, go out to bid, but you know you can work with you it a little bit. Get negotiations ahead of time for ahead of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Get it all going. I, I think that's one of the things we love to do the most, and we preach about this on on uh, social media and on this podcast is that best practice sharing amongst districts mm-hmm. is the single greatest way mm-hmm. to move this whole industry forward. You know, what's possible in my district may not be possible in another district because of a variety of reasons, whether it's resources mm-hmm. or staffing or, or equipment. It could be a lot of reasons. But within that, even though there's some things that other districts can't do that we do, there are some things that we do very well that they can incorporate and mm-hmm. vice versa. Even districts with less resources than us are doing some things that we're like, damn, we should have thought of that. Right. We're going to do it today. Right. This is a great industry for that because we all share and I, I encourage people to reach out to any district they think is doing a good job and start a conversation. Absolutely. We do about 20 visits a year okay. from other districts and all mm. over the country, mm. all over the country. I yeah. mean, I think I may have told the story once before, but when I came here to interview with Joe and Chris, one of the things I said by the end of our interview, because it was almost a three-hour conversation by the time I was right. talking about right. somebody who can talk a lot, the three of us together was a problem. <laughs> Um, but at the end of it, Joe said to me, like, any questions, any concerns? I said, you know, honestly, the more we talk, my biggest hesitation right now is I get the feeling you and I are incredibly like-minded and it almost feels like conquer and divide. Like, you know, maybe I should be staying in Florida to help spread this change here instead of just Greenville. And I'll never forget. Joe said to me, you will be able to spread more of your knowledge here in Greenville to others because we get people visiting us who want Mm -hmm. to learn. And I was like, 
really? I had never heard of such a thing before. I was very spoiled in Florida as part of a co-op. Yeah. So yeah. we got together frequently and we would network and converse and talk. And, you know, you almost become friends with your neighboring districts of trying to work off the same bid, but make an innovative menu, right? So we yeah. were always talking to each other. So I didn't know about like people coming to visit. From Hawaii. In Alaska. Yeah. From Alaska. Actually, yeah. no, I went to Hawaii. The, Alaska came, Alaska was here all yeah. over the country. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's really cool. And I think that's just a cool thing about it too. Then also going out, I think we put school food service just in this box that you just go to school food service conferences. Mm-hmm. There's so many conferences out here that you can go to to Great learn point. about, you know, mm-hmm. I think Joe, you went to the Angus, uh, yeah. certified Angus beef and all these different uh, conferences and talk to them. And they, a lot of them don't know about school food service. And then you, I went to a manufacturer um, in Orlando and I was trying to make, uh, get the kids to eat more fruits and vegetables because they're just tossing apples in the trash. Yeah. And so I had a local person just say, hey, uh, number one, they're local, so I'm supporting local business. I said, make me pineapple spears, cantaloupe spears, um, and I think we had honeydew spears. And they actually made it for us, for our students. And like at our typical high school, we had about 1,500 kids, and we're, easy. we're selling like 900 of the spears yeah. on a daily basis. Well, they wouldn't have touched that before, right? We wouldn't have touched it, right? Yeah. So we just put on the menu once a week, and we just, we just have them, have them consuming more fruits and vegetables. So mm-hmm. that's where we just need to get more involved in doing things that are different. You, you mentioned different conferences now. SNA conferences are great, and we're, yes. we're gonna we're gonna uh, get all we can get out of those Correct. for sure, whether it's the state level ones or the national level ones. Yes. But those other uh, non K twelve specific conferences is where I get the most out of. Uh, Menu Directions is one of my favorite ones, mm-hmm. and so it's non commercial um, organizations, so hospitals, higher education, and K twelve. When I first started going there, I think I was like one of the first districts that were going there mm-hmm. and I started sharing about that and they're like, what is that? And more, more K-12 people started to go. I wasn't the first one to go, but there was, when I went there, I didn't recognize anybody in the right. K-12 industry. Now, if you go every year, you'll, you'll recognize a good handful of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you're learning how they, how they promote food service in, in higher education, which mm-hmm. has always been one of our greatest inspirations here because we're fortunate here in Greenville. There's a lot of good universities around us and uh, they all do, Great, great, great work yeah. because they have to be a little bit more innovative in their environment than maybe yeah. K twelve people. So we, yeah. you know, we we get to meet manufacturers and, and brokers from uh, uh, people who are, are working with the hospital and car, uh, higher education industries, and and that's always great because you're seeing different things than you than you would see at SNA. And there's a number of other great ones out there as well. Um, so yeah, I think you need to expand your horizons on and where you're getting your inspiration from. Yeah, and, and just at that as well too is bringing help. Like you don't, you know everything. Like even when I worked in Orange County, I brought in consultants to make me better, right? Yep. So that's why there's coaches, right? <laughs> there are different people out here. If you look at sports, there's coaches, there's trainers, all these things. And there's the ingenious culinary concepts. Uh, whoever you <laughs> want to use, right? If on the food side, you want to get some people to give you some menu direction or whatever you have, use those people and use them as a resource. And it can just, it's 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 worth it. It's worth it in the long run. I'm glad you said that. I was going to mention it as well. You know, not everybody has a big travel budget for mm-hmm. their district or whatever the case may be. I hope most state agencies are are doing what I'm about to say because Florida did. Mm-hmm. They offered up their help, their mm-hmm. staff, um, and shout out to Chef Paula Kendrick. Yeah, we Chef had her, Paula. I love Chef Paula. Yeah. We had her come to our uh, district and she stayed with us for a week and we just had groups rotate into one of our bigger high school kitchens mm-hmm. because it was one of those things where Sonny and I at the time, we were like, okay, they have to take a fruit or vegetable, just like you said, and yeah. we don't want to feed the trash cans. Yeah. Research shows students, kids eat more fruit if it's cut. Yeah. We're like, great, let's do that. 
our staff wasn't trained on that. Our staff never yeah. had to do that before. It was canned, frozen, and whole fruit. Yeah. You know, that was it. So we brought in Chef Pollock yeah. just to teach what seems like a very, you know, um, simple concept. Mm -hmm. It's not when you're feeding a thousand kids, yeah. you know, and she taught us how to cut fruit, how to create less waste when you're cutting whole pineapples, uh, melons, things like that, how to present the fruit. That was a free service the state offered us. So don't, uh, you know, don't limit yourself to saying, well, I can't travel to a conference. There's help out there. ICN sure. does a good job as well. ICN's fantastic. ICN, yeah. mm -hmm. ICN does a good job as Dr. well. Dr. Campbell down there, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of lots of ways to get inspired and, and to get the help you need. And I, I think part of our job on this podcast is, is got to be to try to help help identify those resources for people. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I mean – I completely agree. I don't think we're doing this just to hear ourselves talk. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think just like the resources and also I think just coming up with, you know, your groups, right? So if you're in an area, you know, if you're in Florida, South Carolina, wherever you're at, like partner with other districts and say like, hey, let's just meet once a month and just talk about like what we're going, how can we partner up and get in some supporting um, each other and getting these things going. So I just believe you have to be around like-minded people like you were saying earlier yeah. yourself and Joe in that conversation. If you get around like-minded people, you'll get you'll move the needle. Yes. Um, I know, unfortunately, when I was working sometimes in the district, people were just saying like, we never did it, we never did it. So I had to put my team in a silo like, look, don't listen to them. We're going to make this happen and get it all going because what you did before had a $6 million in the hole. <laughs> what we're doing now, we're making you know a ton of yes. cash. All the kids are eating. Participation is going up. You know, we increased participation by 46% in three years in the high school. So that's amazing. That's what we want to do. Yeah. And, and I go around. Most I want to say this out loud for people who, who maybe aren't directly involved in, in uh, operating K-12 programs. Yeah. Well, Kurt says they were in the hole $6 million bucks, but then they started making tons of money. Let's be clear. That wasn't money that that was given to Kern and the other people for as bonuses as he might have gotten if he was in uh, yeah. Disney yeah. or or if I would have gotten some of my prior careers. This yeah. is money that all of a sudden um, gets to be put back yes. into the program to support the employees yeah. to provide higher quality food for those kids. Yep. So that's what we do. When we say, yeah. hey, we're running a financially sustainable program, yes. it's not like, hey, we're making all this money and you know, we're gonna we're gonna take our, our monthly uh, uh, yacht trip with the leadership team. No, this is gonna be all right, cool. We're not gonna be able to invest back in our kitchens, invest back in our staff and invest back into better food for kids. And that's a win. Yeah. Definitely. You know, one of the nicest things about our field of work too is the networking and the connecting and things like that and the crazy circumstances that that ends up happening in. So I know, I want to say like a day or two before Joe went to Mexico, he was like, guess who I get to meet up with? <laughs> I want to tell that story. I was because like, how did this happen? I get a text. <laughs> yeah. I get a text that says, when are you going to Mexico? <laughs> and I thought he said where, so I, I started naming all these, you know, cities and towns that nobody can pronounce. And he goes, no, when are you going? I said, well, I'm leaving Thursday. He goes, when are you come back? I said, well, I'll come back Sunday. He goes, guess what? I'm getting there Thursday at 1230, and I'm leaving Sunday at like 1 yeah. o'clock, whatever. Well, yeah. I think we're on the same flight. <laughs> we're on the same flight. But he said, hey, somehow we got to get together and just yeah. grab a meal together. And that yes. turned into me to yeah. – it ended up being much more. So I took my yeah. daughter and her wonderful uh, boyfriend, who better propose pretty soon. <laughs> I know, right? We're coming at him. We're going to jack him up. And we're going to jack <laughs> him up. Um, funny story. When I met him, I, I've always had these talks with my daughter's boys that came into her life over the years. Yeah. And they were never pleasant. They were yeah. always like, that's my daughter. This yeah. is what I'm going to do to you if things don't go well. 
And when this young man came into our life, my daughter says, Daddy, you don't, you don't need to have that talk with him. <laughs> well, I said, well, I'll reserve that until after this first dinner. And so after the first dinner, I said, I probably don't need to have that talk with him. Yeah. But I gotta have that talk with him. Yeah, yeah, got it. So now, anywhere we are, I introduce him to another person who is gonna make sure that he's gonna do the right thing, or or will help me do my job as a parent protecting his daughter. So we're in Mexico, and yeah, and that was awesome. Lean behind, don't want to find him. That's right. I'm like, dude, I got people everywhere. But you know, when we connected down there, if you want to tell the story, we got to do some really cool things together. Yes, Um, and it wasn't just hey, we're both in the same city. I think we were we staying maybe 15, 20 minutes apart. Yeah. Um, we weren't just in the same city, which is the largest city in North America. It's huge. Yeah. My favorite place in the world to go to. Which is Mexico City. Yeah, Mexico yeah. City. Um, we didn't just have a meal. What I mean, we we you you guys, you and yeah. your beautiful wife. Yeah. And I went with my wife and my daughter and her boyfriend. Yeah. And I you were you were my family there. Yeah, I consider yeah, you yeah, that, and yeah. I I've gotten to love you even more after yes, that shit. Yes, yes, we appreciate it. You know, having fun with Erica and Jules, everybody down there. Um, it was just great. You know, first of all, I think it was like many many years ago. Joe had two friends tell me about Mexico City. Uh, I had one of my friends, Brian, and Joe told me about it. I was just like, nah, I don't know, because you see what's on TV, cartels and, cartels and all this kind of stuff like that. Let me tell you something. This is my what second time back there to Mexico City. It is absolutely amazing. Yes. That's cool. I would, I would, I'm telling you, I would rather be in, I ain't saying in the cities, I'll be in Mexico City before I'm in certain downtown areas in the States. <laughs> like 100%. it is, it's absolutely clean, beautiful, and just the architecture, the food is just amazing. I can't say enough. I, I need to be like a tourist guy down there or something. But, uh, but connecting with Joe and Eric and everybody, just, it was just a great time. Just a chance to break bread, have some good meals, see some shows. Um, you know, met one of Joe's uh, drivers, family members just down there. And it was just great. And just great connecting just at another continent and just having some fun. So one of the things that me and Patrice like to do, and um, he's like, we try to get away because I travel a lot. Like I tell you, I travel a lot. And so I try to have long weekends. I can't take too many weeks off until like, you know, until like September type yeah. thing. But I try to take Thursday to Sunday off. Yeah. And wherever I go, I try to find some close. And living in Florida it's a direct flight from yeah. Orlando to Mexico City and other places in the Caribbean and things like that. So we just try to take some time off, whether it be in the States or just, you know, just anywhere above. So I uh, I really enjoy that time in Mexico City and hopefully we can do it again. Oh, we're done. It's I mean, usually before I get home from that trip, I'm already booking my next trip. We, we didn't do that this time, but it's going to happen pretty soon because we do the same thing Thursday to yeah. Sunday. Yeah, Thursday to Sunday, so we're not away from work too much, and it's just enough time to get away. Yeah, um, you know, we we visited the ancient pyramids, and and that's yeah. always yeah. one of my favorite things to do, especially yeah. if I'm I'm going yeah. with somebody who's never been there before. Yeah. And this time, uh, my daughter boyfriend, my daughter's boyfriend Zach had never been, but, so yeah. you got to see the pyramids. And unfortunately, yeah. you can't climb them now, and you haven't been able yeah. to do it since uh, COVID hit. Yeah, but we took a hot air balloon. And that Man. was magical. Breathtaking. That was breathtaking. This I was is some BS, guys. I was here at work, and I'm getting texts from Joe. You guys at dinner. You guys on the hot air balloon. I was like, must be nice. And, and I think is, and this was one of my favorite parts of this trip because, like you mentioned, my friend Jonathan, um, who started out as our driver a number of years ago, and he's my most trusted guy. He picks us up at the airport if we if we take any extended trips. Anywhere outside of Mexico City, instead of renting a car, we just use him. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. cheaper, it's safer, it's just convenient. I don't have to worry about parking or any of that. Um, but we he brought us into his home for dinner. Oh, cool. Man, it was just uh, amazing. Amazing. It just, 
you know, humble, kind, generous people who open yeah. their home to us. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. And they put on a spread. Yeah. And he's telling yeah. me on the side, dude, my wife is so nervous. Yeah. And she knows his wife doesn't speak any English. Yeah. His son doesn't speak any English. Yeah. His daughter does, and he yeah. does. And he goes, she is so nervous. I'm like, why? We're yeah. just so grateful to yes. be invited to your home. And he's like, well, you know, you know, my home smalls. Yeah. She knows you guys are cooks and you do this. And I was like, dude, we're this was the best. She put on a spread for us. Yeah, that's a seafood. That's spread. an understatement. Like it's just so much food there. That's, <laughs> you probably fed this whole office with the food that she had Easy. in there. <laughs> and it was, you know, for that trip, it was probably one of the better meals I had. Yeah. in Mexico that time. And Definitely. it just meant so much to me that to connect with people. And that's one of the reasons I like to travel because I think anytime we have an opportunity as human beings to um, understand the culture of another place and those people, it makes you a better human being. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. And that's that's why I've, I've continued to go back to Mexico. And, and Jonathan's a great example of that. He's just an amazing, amazing person. And, you know, they live very different from us because their culture is very different from us, yeah. but their values are the same, in some cases even better. Um, so. do, do you think, Joe, that you get a lot more than just going on the trip, out of your trips, right? So, for example, do you get a chance to see different foods, um, different experiences, and how has Mexico opened your mind? Uh, you know, I first started going to Mexico, Mexico City. I, you know, I went to Mexico, different parts of Mexico when I was younger. But my youngest son, uh, Jack, wanted to be a chef one time, and we are watching a Netflix show, and it was uh, uh, Chef's Table, and it was about this amazing, amazing restaurant called Pujol, which me and you will go to next time right, right. in Mexico City. And at that time, it was like number 20 in the world. And so Jack's like, Dad, I want to go. So we booked that trip that that day we booked a trip for like a month or so and, and we started going there first time and just opened my eyes to how much more out there there is culinary wise yeah you know so for me yeah everything about it opens opens uh up different avenues for culinary experiences for mm. me you know we, we take we took back something from that trip that we went on and um we're, we're going to uh we're going to uh, um, do a, a Mexico City themed lunch here that we're getting ready to do. We're going to test it in three different schools. We're going to be some, doing some tamales, uh, some cochinita pibil. And I some cannot Mexican wait for farm. this. That's coming up yes. pretty soon at three schools. That's going to be really, so, really. So, I mean, awesome. for me, one of the things I like to do is is try to find ways to get inspired to do better work in this in this industry anywhere we go, whether it's the mall food court or if it's in Mexico City or yeah. you know, wherever we, we travel, even if it's you know, Denver. So everybody's doing something different. So that that's great. I think um I think that's probably gonna start wrapping it up for today. Yes. yes. Um can I ask one more question? Yes. Thanks. I was gonna say you're not gonna say no. So Kern. No. Yes, all right. Ma'am. I did not know y'all started as a catering company before. Yes, yes. And then, so he went from school nutrition, catering on the side, stop that, catering, ingenious culinary concepts, travel in the nation. I'm assuming yes. you're the type of guy that's just very much like Joe, like, got to do better. What's next? What's next? So what is next? Uh, next for us, Ooh. you know, uh, that's a good question, right? Put me on the spot. <laughs> um, next for us, so we've um, started diversifying a little bit. So we have a couple of different lines of business. We operate in the Orlando, uh, in arena, sports arenas um, in Orlando where the Magic play. So they have Magic concerts um, and hockey teams that play there. So we have four contestants set up in there. No way. Um, yeah, so we do that. Um, you know, so that's been that's been fun, you know, learn that. So 
uh, been doing that now for three years. Oh, very um, cool. Um, and we just won a contract at RFP in a new Terminal C in the airport um, nice. in Orlando. So we've got that open. It's been open now three weeks. <laughs> where where, oh, wow. where do the flights from Orlando to Mexico City fly? Is it Terminal C, I hope? Um, <laughs> some in C, um, and then a lot of them in B. Right. Yes, I love yes, that you know that. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I learned a lot. The airport is a different, totally business. Airport, arena, all this stuff is like they're all different businesses. See, that's so you super learn cool. Terminology, yes, I grew up an Orlando Magic kid. I was yes. very, very fortunate. I got to go see Shaq and uh, Penny, Penny Hardaway. Hardaway. Yes. and in fact, driving down I four one day, there was yeah. this really weird car next to me. It was a, like super nice car, but it was yeah. like an odd shape. Yeah. I'm staring at the car and staring at the car. And my mom goes, oh, God, look who's looking at you. And it was Horace Grant waving Horace at Grant. us. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no way. That's so cool. Yes. That's cool you guys are in there. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. It's awesome. It's uh, it's It's been good. You know, just get a chance to hire people. We have about 25 people working for us in the arena. Good for you guys. Um, so it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So go magic, right? Keep yeah. winning so we get more people in the arena. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I love that you're so passionate about this industry. I I, I think it speaks volumes of, of your uh capabilities that yeah. you're able to diversify and be so successful mm-hmm. in different areas. And I think your 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 background and experiences lend you as the perfect guy to really help other school districts out there. So if anybody needs help, give Thank give Kern a, a holler. Um and uh, I think that's going to wrap it up unless Lauren has any more questions. for Just today. much, much love to you and Patrice. If Patrice even Thank remembers you. me. I remember her because she's she, super cool. She, I she am not you. as cool. So <laughs> a memory popped up on my phone from uh, North Fort Myers High School. Oh, yeah, because when we did, we did the this is cool. cafeteria yeah. makeover. Then I saw the picture on there. It's like, oh, Dion went here too as well. So, yep. uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so no, thank you. Of course, she remembers you. And when Brianna was down there, the whole nine yards. So, yes. So she sends my love. Tell... Erica and Juliana also as well. And I guess they hide his act too. Yeah. And then he better uh, stuff up. Yeah, he knows you're checking on him. He knows you're checking on him. Tell him, hurry, better hurry up and propose I to know. that girl. I know, I know exactly. Yeah. Zach with a good shoe game. Oh, he got a strong shoe game. Dude, I, I, I get off the plane in Mexico City. And my friend Jonathan's there to pick us up. He looks at me, gives me a hug, and he looks at he looks like Zach, who's never met in the world. Never met a day before. He goes, I like the way you dress. <laughs> <laughs> Never said that about me. Um, but that's going to do it for today. Current, yes. thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, I usually like to wrap the show up, giving one piece of advice, but I want you to do it today because you are a customer service guru. Give me a mm-hmm. quick piece of advice for school districts out there to improve their customer service skills and how that's going to improve their program. Yeah, first of all, thank you all for having me. Uh, Lauren, Joe, Tammy, thank you, everybody, for having me here. And um, thank you to all the Greenville School District as well. Um, piece of advice, I would say, is just really, it's about getting to know your customers. So I would I would just task anybody just to get to know at least two students' names. You know, before the end of the year, get to know them and find out some stuff about them, right? Because you know that, you know, life is a very fragile. So definitely get to know something about them, see how you can make an impact in that student's lives and kind of go from there. And just, just not just also in the schools, but also just in life in general. You know, we've um, seen a lot of people that uh, have left this earth and people haven't got a chance to say anything to them. So if you can make an impact in a student's life today, um, tomorrow and next week or whatever it might be, please do so. Mm, great advice. Great advice. Great advice. All right. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again, Kern. And until next time, let's go.